Yeah. I don't want a lot for Christmas. There is just one thing I need. And I don't care about the present underneath the Christmas tree. I just want you for my own. More than you could ever know. Make my wish come true. Baby, all I want for Christmas is you. did it you did it i can't believe i got that yeah i i mean that was unrehearsed that was unrehearsed unrehearsed and off the charts off the i chart. mean that that's it ladies and gentlemen yeah. this has been rose all day anyway we're gonna i actually um wrapped up a christmas party last night that way and everybody at the party including people who weren't in the room with me all started singing it and i was like that's cool i can go now <laughs> like i mean i was leaving anyway but now this feels like a great time to go. <laughs> <laughs> so we are back. We're back. We're back with our holiday special. Cheers. Yeah, cheers. Do rose. we want to say, so we're obviously drinking rosé. What Right now we're drinking... Um, say it, Erica? I'm going to say this. I'm going to say this. La Vielle de Me. <laughs> uh, rosé. 2017 bottle. It's the old farm. The French. It's a French name. Le yeah. Vieux Ferme. It's got a big pink label on the back. It says France at its best, y'all. It's, it doesn't say y'all, but <laughs> it should say y'all. It should say y'all. It's a screw top, so you know it's um, good. I'm gonna take a sip. It's nice dry rose. It's like not too sweet. It's like a little bit sweet, but it's not like overpowering. I I buy this one one for the price. It's a good price. And two for the rooster on the on the front label. I buy things because of the label. Like I buy books by the cover, which is not what you're supposed to do. And Yeah, you shouldn't judge a bottle of wine by its cover, but also with wine, so like whatever. I mean, this isn't really a wine podcast, so but one day we're gonna have my friend Annie on who is actually like not a sommelier, but basically the uh, entrepreneurial equivalent, equivalent of that, and she's going to come on and teach us what corking is. I learned what that is recently, and probably other things about wine. But until then, it's our holiday special. It's our holiday special with Katie Rainey and Erica Atkins Hi. on Rosé All Day Anyways, yeah. and we are very excited to be here. It is how many days until Xmas I'm doing math in my head. It's like, what is it, like nine days? It's on Tuesday. Tuesday next week. Yes. Yeah. So, so we're like nine, eight days, something like that. And uh, I'm ready for it. I pretty much, I'm working from home until then. I'm flying mm-hmm. out on Wednesday. So I'm, I've got my holiday sweater on. So yeah, I actually have a plan for multiple holiday outfits this year. I'm wearing a t-shirt uh, that has Santa Claus on it, and it says, um, I did it all for the cookies. Oh, nice. Yeah, I'm wearing it with my grandpa's burgundy suspenders and a green pencil skirt. And then my family, my mom's family, were, a lot of us bought the red, green, and white plaid pajama pant. And so I'm going to switch into... It's like a whole pajama thing. I'm probably not going to wear the top. But I'm switching to the pant, but keep the t-shirt on because that's too good. And then the next day I have... um, Did it all for the cookie. Yeah. uh, 
did it all for the cookie. Come on. Like, <laughs> yeah. I mean, come on. And then the next day, I'm wearing um, a shirt with an elf on it. And it's got like a bell. It's a sweater. I got a bell hanging off of it. And it said, let me take an elfie. Nice. So those are my, my holiday outfit. Very topical. <laughs> so, Well, this is my holiday sweater. You are seeing the extent of the Katie Rainey holiday attire. Can you describe what yeah, I'm wearing? Yeah, so this is a navy blue knitted sweater. Up around the shoulders, it's got white hearts on it. I think those are snowflakes. This is snowflakes. They look like hearts. It's All right. Well, maybe they're heart-shaped snowflakes. I don't know. Maybe there's no place. And then you descend down, and there's like descend. a little bit of like, we're getting to the bottom. We're getting to the bottom. There's a little bit of like crocheted, like holiday happiness happening. Then there's like, what is it? There's a door and two two bells on the side of it. I or think is that's it a, a church? Wreath. Is it a wreath? It kind of looks like the inside of a I church. I do not think this is a church on oh, my no. shirt. Oh, right. Basically, what you're seeing here is a $2 thrift store find that I bought like six years ago, I think somewhere in the depths of Brooklyn. Katie, tell us what's on the very bottom of that sweater. Because uh, I, I got through most of it, but there's one more thing on the bottom. It looks like Santa, maybe? I don't know. Like, what Santa kind of looked like he peeing into a fire. <laughs> <laughs> That's just my interpretation. I this guess we'll have to some, post it on Instagram for people. This was someone's well-loved Christmas sweater, and that's what I love about it, right? Right. There's tradition in this sweater. Yes. This was somebody who probably died, and I'm feeling... Is that wow. too much? No, no. I mean, you're probably right. The weight of that just hit me. I'm sorry. I assume <laughs> that all my thrift store finds are like... Either, you know, thrown out from someone's junior high closet or someone died in them. And it's not a morbid thought. I don't morbid. I hope somebody, when somebody picked up, like, my holter top from 2005, they're like, this She lived well. (laughs) She did. And then she turned 30. (laughs) And then she turned 30. Get out of here. Get out of here. Yeah, so this is my Christmas attire. I've worn it every holiday season. What other holiday traditions have you followed before? Mm. Before? My holiday traditions, because the holidays are a weird time, I think, for a lot of people. And I I was talking to my siblings earlier. I actually used to have really hard feelings around the holidays and mm-hmm. be kind of a Grinchmas because mm-hmm. I was telling people, I was telling my siblings earlier, I was like, yeah, Erica really is the cheery holiday version and I'm the Grinchmas. My, and my siblings were like, yeah, yeah, you're going to do great at that. <laughs> but I actually don't have hard feelings about the holidays anymore because of who I've chosen to surround myself with mm-hmm. and like probably go into more of that but so now like the traditions and stuff we do it's all stuff that I want to do but I think one of my most recent traditions that my partner and I and his parents have developed in the last couple of years mm-hmm. is that we started to watch Hallmark movies oh tell me tell me about Hallmark movie do you guys hear how like slowly <laughs> painfully I'm saying this? and I'm the cheery holiday one but you tell me Katie <laughs> So here's the thing. We we were talking today. We were like, damn, Hallmark is raking in a fortune because they have their really earnest viewers, right, who who watch them because they love them. But then they have people like us who hate watch them or watch them ironically. Like, 
I don't even know if we're watching them ironically at this point. We're it just might watching not be them anymore because I've seen both you and your partner Brian have like a lot to say about these movies on social media, and I'm like, I don't think this is ironic anymore. <laughs> He's writing. Well, so what's really funny right now is we've gotten even deeper into it with uh, with Brian because he has he has a blog that he writes pretty frequently, and for the holidays we're like, what holiday thing? Because he's a writer, and he's his book is coming out soon, and so. We were like, what holiday-themed stupid thing can you do? Also, he's Jewish, so, like, Christmas is a funny thing to him. And so I was like, oh, my God, you need to, you need to watch, we need to blog about your watching Hallmark movies. Mm. And so then developed a whole ranking system of the holiday movies that is based on my ranking system that I use with the littles that I teach. So mm-hmm. in, in I don't know if I've ever told you this, but with, okay. with the little kids, I have a grading system that's animal-based and that has no grounding in reality meaning okay. that the, the the animals aren't tied to anything the kids don't actually know what each animal means except for they know that the worst animal is an otter to okay. get which everybody gets mad at me about and i'm like well one day a kid asked me you know i was giving out like giraffes and sugar bears and stuff and the kids were like what's the worst you can get and like i don't know i think on the fly in my classrooms and i just turned around and i was like an otter i actually really like otters but don't tell my kids that they all have started drafting some crazy story about a trauma with me and an otter. Oh, well. Which is pretty funny. At least it's birth from creativity. Yeah. Yeah. So that's what his Hallmark ranking system is based off. The worst thing you can get is an otter, and the best thing you can get is a rainbow sugar bear, because that's the best thing you can get in my class. Okay. So he's now ranking Hallmark movies according to that system, which I highly suggest anyone who finds Hallmark movies interesting or funny to check out <laughs> what is the rainbow sugar bear you think? a rainbow sugar bear that's the best what thing is you get. the um rainbow sugar bear like give me an example of one of the movies that has ranked rainbow sugar bear uh this uh, well so there's also a rubric our friend george who's a writer and a poet came mm-hmm. up with the rubric of hallmark movies and they have to hit certain criteria like a one, lot of people are involved with this oh a lot of people it's very intense it's okay. like a very it's a very intense thing. This is like you're like like you guys may not do like a fantasy football like that but this is we like do fantasy hallmark draft yeah very intense all right it's gotten super funny like this is why it's addicting because it's just hilarious what we do on the outside so george came up with this criteria that was like it's got to have like a widow in it of some sorts or an orphan child with a, a, a parent who has lost their faith in christmas and they meet some baker or a prince of sorts there's always some like made up weird country like bulgravia that was a made up one i think of recent okay. But the recent one that got the, a rainbow sugar bear was Married by Christmas. Uh, you know what? I think I've seen parts of this, but not like the whole movie. Can you give us like a quick synopsis? I've watched so many that I, now I'm trying to remember. I just remember it got a rainbow sugar bear. But I mean, you're probably going to say the plot of like every, every home movie. movie. But yeah. like, go ahead. <laughs> Basically, this woman, you know, a corporate woman who has lost her faith in Christmas, ran her, was running her family's like, food giant conglomerate thing Mm -hmm. and an an old aunt died and left in her will that the woman that the person to take over the food emporium the family business could not be an unmarried woman it would go either to the first of kin male or to the husband of whoever got married first mm -mm. so that's why she had to get married by christmas you see you mm -mm. see the dilemma Mm -mm. 
And her little sister was getting married, and the little sister's husband wanted the family business. So this was he whole... marrying her for the family business? No, but it was kind of like a, a a perk, you know, okay. a perk of it. Okay. And so she had to basically get married by Christmas. But to Hallmark's credit, she did not because of I, I feel I want to say feminism of some sort. <laughs> I'd like to say feminism. I'm not sure if that's actually what happened, but that's what I'd like to say. <laughs> I don't think that's that's the reason why. Yeah, no. So that's it. So Married by Christmas got a rainbow sugar bear because of a lot of things. There was, you know, the the lack of faith in Christmas, the she meets someone she hates and then later falls in love with. That happened. Right. Which There's, is like how that goes. Yeah. So this is the new Christmas tradition of watching with my Jewish deaf in-laws of watching Hallmark Christmas movies. What is um, an older family tradition that you've had? Oh, well, why don't you go? What's a family tradition oh, you have? for me? One would be on my mother's side, we do a Christmas drawing, which has morphed into many different things over the years but uh, let me think my mother is one of eight children so there's just a lot of people and by the time I was maybe in middle school high school it started to become too much because basically like you couldn't buy a present for everyone in the family and then it was kind of messed up like you're buying presents for just like your favorite people oh right which might still sometimes happen, but, like, you won't, like, give the present in front of everybody. But, like, some people in the family are closer than other people. And then, like, what if you just give a present to just them? And so the solution ended up being that we do a drawing. And That's that nice. we all, so basically, everyone gets a gift from everyone. Like, everyone gets at least one gift. And then you probably get a gift from my grandmother. A change that was made a couple years ago... At one point, I think it was at the older grandchildren, and I am one of the oldest grandchildren. I'm number three. We got put in the adult drawing, but then I think this past year, maybe the year before, it was just like anybody could pull anybody. So it's, inter- it's interesting now, because like, I don't know, like, if you're someone, you have like three kids, like technically you're buying four presents, and like, so how does that go? So I feel like it's constantly morphing in our family mm-hmm. how that drawing looks. Mm-hmm. Um, like in the name of equity, how does that drawing look? And like I, my whole thing has always been I'm going to buy a present for all my siblings, whether they buy me one or not, even if it's something small. I think I especially just feel like the oldest sibling, like I'm going to get something for each of them. So there was like a few years in a row where I kept getting like one of my siblings. And I was like, well, I was going to buy them a present anyway. Can I do a redraw? <laughs> Like, I feel like that's uh, one of our more more established traditions. And you guys do the pajama thing, too, right? That's new. We introduced it this year. My aunt and I were like, wouldn't it be cute if we all did pajamas? And so this year, we are doing the pajama thing this year. That would be a thing as a kid. If you stuck me in that, I would hate you forever. Like, I... I was a Grinch at Christmas as a kid. But my cousin's family, they do the pajama thing, and they all spend the night together on Christmas Eve. So we'd never see, because it's not our side of the family. It was mm-hmm. my cousin's side of the family. So we'd never see them on Christmas Eve. But, like, the rule in their family is is that until you get married on Christmas, we're in the South, remember? Let's remember where we are. We're in the South. Until Nothing you- you're saying is alarming me yet. Yeah, I know. But, but maybe be. for, like, I don't know, I somebody know, listening. Someone from, like, Boston. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, Boston, we're still not as progressive <laughs> down South. 
But so like on Christmas Eve and until Christmas morning, if you are unmarried, you still have to sleep with the kids, even if you're like 33 and unmarried. And I was like, dear God, thanks that I'm not a part of that side of the family. I will be like a 50-year-old woman walking down with the five-year-olds and taking pictures at the top of the stairs before you open Santa's gifts in your pajamas. And I'm like, kill me. That's it. I feel like a lot of families also end up making some rules around what you do and don't have to do with one of my friends his family is that all of the unmarried men have to wash the dishes at the end of the night on thanksgiving what is this uh, oppression around marriage and christmas like now all right we'll deal with your feminism for the rest of the year but during christmas (laughs) you better be married or you're doing the dishes. Or you're doing the dishes. <laughs> but that's like on the... And it was the women who came up with it in, in his family. Wow. Yeah. And they were like, we cooked most of the food. I'm pretty sure that's the genesis of the story. So they decided that the men... I would feel... It seems to me it's just fair to make all the men do the dishes. Yeah. Somehow it focused on like unmarried men. And then his soon-to-be brother-in-law apparently did the bulk of the dishes around Thanksgiving. Mm. So I'm like, oh, you guys are screwed next year then because going to be married next year. Now you guys are back to square one. So <laughs> I thought it was a very funny story. I was like, it's one way to fight back. I'm trying to think of an old family tradition that we did when I was a kid that we've maybe kept around. But, I mean, honestly, the holidays are pretty sticky, I think, for a lot of people because my family's divorced. Your family's divorced, mm-hmm. but they have been divorced for way longer than my family yeah. and are somehow have circled back to being friends again. My my parents' families grew up together. Yeah. So they were friends, like, pretty quickly thereafter because it was my, my mom's sister used to babysit my dad. Mm. You know what I mean? So, like, it was, like... I have no recollection, or maybe maybe no, it's not the wrong word, very little of a memory of there being, like, a lot of tension between my parents. So you have Do- no recollection of during the holidays when they, fir- like, were freshly divorced of a problem? No. And I was so young when they got divorced. I was, like, two. Mm. And I, I really have no... In fact, a memory that I have is of my dad being over at our house. When I was like three years old, my parents were definitely divorced by then. Yeah. And my dad was over. There's like a picture of me like mm. sitting on a flat Christmas morning. So, no, my parents were very much committed to like, and I was also very young. Mm-hmm. And they got divorced not that far into their marriage. So I think there wasn't like years and years and years and years of festering. Like, yeah. Hate, but like they were pretty committed to stability and like. I think it very much shows, and even now, the way that they operate with me, my mom and my I recently found out, I didn't know this, that when my mom and I had moved back from the West Coast, we were very briefly on the, the West Coast, like apparently her and my now stepmom went out to dinner together. So there was always like a really big commitment yeah. to like stability and happiness of the children. I think year is, that's probably a, a really unusual yeah, for sure. That you're in. I don't know many divorced families that are actually friends mm-hmm. like that. And um, I think, it, I mean, I think it helped though that, like, like I said, the families grew up together, and so yeah, there, there was, was already bond. like a long-standing, established relationship. All of my parents, like older siblings, were all friends together in high school. Mm-hmm. So, like, yeah, 
Well, like we, I mean, my parents have been divorced. My parents got divorced when I was older, but they have been fighting for like 15 years and should have gotten divorced like 15 years earlier. So mm-hmm. the holidays are always particularly prickly. And so our, I guess like our family traditions and stuff just aren't as strong. But even if you take like Brian during holidays, during Hanukkah or during Christmas, Uh, Mm -hmm. because his mom's technically converted they're the only deaf people in their family and so even though we'll go to like extended family dinners and stuff of theirs it's still like there's the separation Mm -hmm. because no one in either of their families has ever learned sign language for them Mm -hmm. i was the first person to learn sign language for them Mm -hmm. which like changed the game they were always just like oh we had to fit into a hearing world but that created a degree of separation and so i don't know i guess i'm just thinking about how difficult sometimes the holidays can be for people. No, I think that's a really good point. Because certainly, I remember two years ago, remember right after the election, when everybody was really, like, in their feelings about having to go home for the holidays? Oh, yeah. Well, I have a really conservative half of the family. Don't you? You have some conservative, like... No, I mean... I think there are people with some socially conservative views, but at the end of the day, we're a black family and we vote Democratic. Yeah. Like, if somebody's not voting Democratic, they're keeping it a secret. Like, we don't know about it. It's, it's, it's a big secret, and we'll find out, like, on their deathbed. I voted for Trump. What? <laughs> but, like, like, I have this really funny post from after Thanksgiving 2016. My dad's a really big Ruskins fan, and I'm a Dallas Cowboy fan. For those of you who do not know, they are um, arch rivals in the NFL. I don't know, so. Yeah, yeah, they have a really big, well-known rivalry, and they play on Thanksgiving. And that's, like, the big thing, the Redskin Cowboy thing. Every year? Pretty much every year. Maybe, I'm thinking there's, like, one year I can remember where it didn't happen. Maybe, but pretty much. Hmm. Almost every year. And there's this really funny picture. The Cowboys won. And I'm sitting on my dad's lap. And my dad is, like, covering his face. And he looks really annoyed. And I'm doing thumbs up. And the picture I posted on social media, I was like, my family doesn't really argue about politics, but football, on the other hand. <laughs> so, yeah. I wouldn't know about that. I'm just getting some more rosé real quick here. You gotta, you need a filler. Yeah, I mean, you need a, fill up a, a filler upper. <laughs> Pretty soon you're going to start singing the theme song. Yeah, well, I will say that as far as my family goes, after the election, I was actually pleasantly surprised because there's half of my family are like, left swinging would vote for a woman if she were a three-legged donkey actual quote from my liberal side of the family but i do have a conservative side of the family and so i was like i know they voted for bush and and everything and so i was like okay this might be iffy going home there might be some unpleasant conversations but actually that whole side of the family ended up swinging towards bernie Wow. And were they I think they abstained from voting eventually because they were just like, nah, we're not like we're either like, you know, middle of the road conservatives or we're looking for an outsider to come in who is not number 45 because mm-hmm. he ain't a president. Well, he's a, you know, he's a, he's a something. He's a growth on the heart of America. What are we talking about? Christmas? We're talking about Christmas, <laughs> but he's everywhere. Yes. Wait, can we talk really, really about the about- hallway, the decorations? <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah. I feel like Melania's Christmas decoration, like she's trying to send out like a bat signal. Like, like, help me. This is a murderous 
force of death. I don't know how many superimposed, like, the twins from The Shining I saw over that picture of her holiday decorations. I was like, oh, my God, it is the hotel from The Shining. Yeah. So I that, that is our, our White House holiday-related. Red trees. Yeah, but she is, woof. that is... She's like, in my country, do they thought we celebrate Christmas? You're like, With the okay. blood of a goat. <laughs> With the head of the goat on the top of the Christmas tree. Like, okay, Melania, that's cool. But yeah, so fascinating everything that's happening over there in my home city. Cheers to that. Yeah, I heard some other people talking about the motorcade uh, coming through and how somebody else that I know, I think you talked about this last time, but somebody else I know who's from D.C. and was used to seeing the motorcade for Obama drive through her neighborhood and saw it, like, a couple months ago and just burst into tears. I was like, holy shit. That's yeah, it's not PTSD right I there. I mean, I used to get sidelined from work a lot uh, when I was coming home from work from D.C. to Virginia when I first started working um, by the Bush motorcade. Uh, yeah, and I'd be like, because I worked off of um, Rock Creek Parkway, yeah. which is kind of like a little bit of a back road that a lot of people don't necessarily fairly take it's not necessarily jammed if you can get on it at the mm-hmm. right time but if the motorcade the motorcade would often go back through there a lot mm. and so you would all just have to sit and wait mm. and you'd be like cool i didn't have anything else to do tonight <laughs> that's fine it's so funny what other what's a what's another really oh are you well so I, my siblings when i was telling them i was preparing for this podcast they yeah. were like you should talk about the family member you're worried about making a scene at at the family holiday, and I said, I'm fine with that. <laughs> you said, uh, maybe I won't answer that question. Yeah, I'm not going to answer that question. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> I'm abstaining from that question. Well, now, like, I would just say now are, without pissing off people who I don't talk to anymore, I guess. Well, okay, so I'll, I'll clarify and say, like, I don't talk to some certain family members anymore because... Um, because of really difficult, toxic things they brought into my life, and I'm just older and not trying to have that anymore. And I think that anyone who has a hard time around the holidays, it's because probably they're talking to some still toxic family members mm-hmm. or friends that they have to see around those times and who like don't let them live their fullest possible life mm-hmm. um as themselves so like that's what i felt is that i didn't feel like i was being a, like i was able to live my fullest possible katie rainey and so i i for anyone out there who's dealing with that and still has to deal with those people in your, in your lives you know i absolutely feel for you and and i know how difficult that is and like there are other people out there who are dealing with that but because i don't deal with that anymore because i cut those people out frankly of my life I'm, my my holidays are a lot more pre- pleasant now mm-hmm. so i'll say the one person who i know won't get upset if i say that i'm worried about them making a scene is probably my grandmother because <laughs> she's like i mean she's my best friend but she'll probably have like one too many vodkas at christmas and you don't know what she's gonna say I mean, like, it's not like she's going to say anything, like, asinine or anything like that. But she she will probably just get a little off her rocker, you know? I think that's great, though. I would love to get to a point in my life, especially, I think, age is combined with that. If you can have just enough to drink and you can just go ahead and say what you feel. And if you're older, everyone will be like, well, what are we really going to do? Yeah. Yeah, I'm jealous. Yeah, no, I don't have, like, a... Other than that, my my cousin might say something sexist, 
One time he told me that, did I know that the female brain is actually, some, what did he say was it? He wasn't smaller in size, but he said something like, the female brain is actually not equipped to do X. And it's not like he had read a scientific study, but he likes to act like he's read scientific studies. That sounds like most of America. Yeah, most American men. And try, proceeded to tell me why the male brain was in fact, scientifically superior than the female brain. Oh, and I cool. was like, oh, well, you can go fuck yourself. <laughs> right. That's a great conversation to be. I've been yeah. in conversations like that before with with people. They're trying to demonstrate points about why women should X or the female brain should X. And it's like in some kind of party holiday like situation yeah and i just like sit there and like stare with my eyes getting bigger and bigger yeah you're like why are we talking about this it is yeah because like my gut instinct is to not like ruin the holiday for everybody but sometimes i do hit a snapping point but mostly i just stare at people yeah it's like oh dear god what's happening should i what are you talking about can i walk away now no i'll stay right here maybe i can have another drink Crap, my glass is empty. <laughs> See, the problem with me having more drinks at Christmas, and especially if I'm around my best friend, who I haven't seen in two years. She's been in Oman the last few Christmases on an archaeological dig. Mm-hmm. And so on Wednesday, she's picking me up. And oh, Brian from the airport. Yeah. I'm super stoked because I haven't seen her in two years, and I'm excited. But especially if I get around my best friend. And in Arkansas, this will happen over Christmas. You put a couple of drinks in us. And we kind of egg each other on, and we will get confronted with these kind of men down south. And, like, the silver tongue just comes out of Katie once you get get some rosé in me. And I just, like, start getting snappy as fuck. And I will spin circles around some of those boys in the south. And I'll just get angry and spit fire and just, like, talk too fast. That's So that's what happens if I start give me some eggnog. Apparently, I just, like, look at you like you are nothing to me, which, like, once you start slipping into there, I don't really, like, go into the words. I I do the other. Like, I feel like there are two kinds of Southern women, right? Mm-hmm. The ones who will talk spitfire around you and, mm-hmm. like, just you will feel yourself melt in your presence. Then there's the other who just stares at you as if you're not a valuable person anymore and, <laughs> like, you will just start to melt under the pressure. We should go on tour in the South. I know. And just, like, you'll just, like, talk them down, and then I'll just, like, with a drink in my hand, just, just laser stare. Just be like... I think that might be even more intimidating, just, like, having some hot girl drink wine and stare daggers at you. That's, what, that's my general MO. Sometimes I smile while I do it, too. Like, my lips are in a smile, but my eyes yeah. are saying some other thing. That's that's the uh, the cohort of Southern women. I feel like I our accents are uh, coming out. Oh like yeah, right well, now. one because we're talking about the South, and two because we're drinking. Yeah, we're drinking. Really the so. more I drink, the more people are like, you know, you have something in your accent, and I'm not sure where it was. Yeah, but then, no. that, then you said Virginia. I was like, oh, I was like yeah, no, no, I'm from the South. <laughs> okay, what's the worst thing about the holidays? I think right now for me, as I get older, because I live further away from my family, it's all the travel. And all the money that goes into traveling. Yeah. We were talking earlier, this expensive holidays, real. Even if, like, I, I don't buy presents 
for my family, we don't do presents anymore. We all like it better that way. Like nobody needs anything and I buy my ticket down there. And so they cook and like that's and supply the alcohol for the week. (laughs) That's fair all around, you know, like we're all happy with that. I love buying presents though. I'm like such a big present giver. I hate it. Oh, I love buying presents. I like giving presents to people. I do not like shopping for them. I only shop online. Most but see, that's just like, I don't know, it feels so, I hate giving money to the monolith. Oh, no, I kind of like out of that. I also like sketch it out, too. Like, I have an idea. Like, I see things. Sometimes I pick up little things throughout the year. But then, like, I'll see something. Like, you know, I feel like Facebook algorithm has got me. Although, lately, not, because they think I'm a mom right now. Oh, yeah. And it's the no. funniest thing. Uh, can, please, can you please explain to our listeners what Facebook did to you this week? <laughs> so there are a few things. We're diverting from holidays again. There are a few things that Facebook did to me this week. So, let me see. It, I, I, it may have started when I clicked on something that my cousin took that was, what will your child look like? And my cousin took that. And I was like, oh, that would be funny. I just want to see what they said. I click on it, and it is a boy named Diego, which I was like, oh, <laughs> Diego. I was like, I'm going to name my son Diego. That basically, like, kind of looks like a biracial version of me. And I was like, what is that? And then uh, I sent it to some of my friends, and I was like, this is hilarious, yada, yada, yada. And if you know me, you know why it's funny that the child was specifically biracial. Basically because Erica only dates Republican-looking men. That's not Republican-looking is what I said. I'm the guy I'm dating right now isn't Republican-looking. Well, he was at one point. But he's not right now. Now he has a man bun. So he he actually, he's doing more of a low ponytail lately. So you admit on air that you are seeing someone. Yeah, I kind of did last time. Did you? I think we just like giggled infinitely about yeah. it. Yeah. Because you didn't want to admit I kind of did last time. But he's not look Republican. So thank you very much for that. But then... No, he's a granola, granola hunch, crunching hippie now. Well, he eats <laughs> meat. <laughs> You had to think about that for a second. He's more like a socialist. He's more of a socialist. That's a good good way to describe him, yeah. a socialist. Erica is dating a socialist. <laughs> then a few days later... Her parents should be worried she's joining a commune. Well, a commune for what? I mean, you know it's some, like, art-crunchy thing where everybody's doing, like, improv things. Like, you can probably get me in that commune. Yeah, I'd be mean, like, we're just going to, like, jam and play music the whole time. I'd be like, oh, yeah, that sounds cool. Yeah, we're going to write our own musical. And Erica's like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, I'm totally that. down for that. <laughs> so we just say, oh, we're going to have another jam? That's super cool. It's going to be so much fun. Let's do it. Yeah. Yeah, I might end up in that commune, and then I'll end up leading it. <laughs> be like, now we have a political agenda. Okay, now we need spreadsheets. Spreadsheets are against our policy. Man. No, you need a spreadsheet. You need a spreadsheet so that you we know what we're doing. There are too many people in this commune now. We've had a really good social media effort. We've recruited a lot of people, and I think we need a spreadsheet. This just supposed to be a chill vibe. Not anymore. Babes, if you want to join our commune, just tweet at us. Yeah, we'll it's going it. to be, we're just going to drink rosé. We're going to find time. a rosé farm somewhere. Is there a thing? Somebody invent a rosé farm for us. We'll come take it over. Yeah. But so then there was another one that one of my friends took. 
I don't know why I was clicking on anything all week, but it was like, what will 2019 bring you? And then I click on it and it's like twins. And I was like, what? That wasn't even like a baby related question. So like, then it was, but my best friend is having twins in March, my J-Bow. So I was like, okay, I am getting twins next year. My best friend is having twins and like by default, they want some level be my twin too. So sure, I'm getting twins next year. But then somehow the algorithm started thinking that I am a mom and like started advertising specific like mom stuff towards me, including I didn't know there was Facebook Messenger for kids. Ooh. But I sent that to you in a text message that they like specifically popped up on my profile. Here are your other friends who have signed up on Facebook Messenger for kids for their kids. You should do it. And I'm like, I'm not a mom. I'm not a mom. What's happening, Facebook? What does that even mean? Is it like parental control? Do yeah, you like your kid can have like a, po- or at least that your kid can use Messenger. I didn't totally click on it because I didn't want them to think I was into it. But there's some kind of control you can have. Because you can have Messenger and not have Facebook. I've had friends who've closed their Facebook profile. but they you can keep th- Messenger? You can keep Messenger if you have the app. I literally downloaded Messenger in the last week for one reason. That's because Brian found somebody's wallet on the street. And I found her through Facebook, and I was out and not around my computer. So I could not message her through Facebook without Messenger. So I downloaded it to find her so she wouldn't be worried about her wallet and her stuff getting stolen. And she was, yeah, she found it, and she was... Someone found me through Messenger once when I lost my phone. And a phone that I had lost, like, years before. And they, they found it and got it to me. Wild. Yeah. But, so yeah, that's a detour. About how Facebook thinks I'm Well, but okay, so we we talked about the worst qualities of Christmas, and yeah. I think we both agree capitalism is the worst part. Like, do, have you ever p- participated in Black Friday, by the way? Like, a long time ago. I, if I do Black Friday, I'm not willingly, willingly doing it at this point. Like, somebody has been like, no, come on, let's go. This is how we're going to spend time together. I think the only time I've ever done it is maybe like seven years ago. And and Black Friday starts now on like Thanksgiving. It always... Oh, no, you're right. Yeah, you just on a Friday, but now you but can now go shopping at like 5 p.m. on Thanksgiving Day. It's like, dude, I'm still laying on my couch recovering from sweet potato casserole. I don't have time to go shopping. <laughs> well, the only time I did is I was driving back from a Thanksgiving dinner, saw that Michael's was open, Michael's like craft store. Oh, no, I knew what you meant when you oh, okay. said Michael's, yeah. Well, in case anybody else In case anybody else doesn't know about Michael's craft store, go Google it if a godsend. You cannot go to Michael's without their Sunday coupon or any of their other billion coupons. If you go there and you don't take a coupon, you're getting ripped off. And this is not an advertisement for Michael's. This is just a, a life. I would also say Michael's too. allows you to pick up in the store. So if you want to like avoid the whole Michael's rush, you can actually get some online only discount, yeah. but then pick it up in the store. That's what I do. Well, time. when I had like, when I was doing a lot of oil painting and had a oil painting studio at the house I lived in in Arkansas, I was driving back from Thanksgiving one day. I saw Michael's was open, stopped in, walked in and saw that all of their canvases were like nickels for a canvas compared to what they normally are realized i was in a black friday shopping spree there was no one else in the building and i was like oh 
I guess I'm Black Friday shopping right now. (laughs) And so I bought them. But like other than that, I've never participated in Black Friday except for when I was a little kid. I think my mom went and got in line for like Beanie Babies one year when those were a thing. When that was the thing that you were doing in like 1998. Yeah, you did Black Friday for Beanie Babies. And where are all of our Beanie Babies now? I don't know. That feels like a good thing to um, Google. Google. Where are your Beanie Babies now? Where? I only really remember the Princess Diana Beanie Baby. Do you remember that one? The purple bear when she died? I I don't, but to me it seems like you live your life like a candle in the wind. Okay, we're not beaches right now. I don't want to cry. No, I didn't know that was going to make you cry. (laughs) Beaches is like the only movie that makes me cry. And not because I think about my best friends, but because my grandmother loves that movie and thinks about her best friends. And so she starts crying when watching that movie. And so when I see my grandmother cry, I start watching that movie. Or even if I'm not around my grandmother, I start crying, thinking about she, her crying. And I'm going to cry right now if we don't stop. Something else about Christmas. I'm actually, um, I just found out the magenta version of Patty the Platypus is the fifth most expensive Beanie Baby, and it has an asking price of $6,000. Who is buying Beanie Babies? I don't know. White people? Okay. Easy. (laughs) I mean, probably, but like. No, my my cousin collected Beanie Babies. Not just white people. Okay, thank you. You're welcome. Okay. (laughs) So what's your least favorite holiday song? So my least, my current least favorite holiday song, the rape song, used to be one of my favorites. It's the rape song. I yeah, knew, I knew Here's before you even said it. Here's the thing, though. So I had kind of started souring on "Baby It's Cold Outside" last year, and like a lot of the Me Too movement made me a little bit like listening to the lyrics, like oh. Oh, this is not good. And then it's funny, this year in particular, there's been such an uproar about it. But I had identified last year, I was like, oh, maybe this can't be one of my favorite Christmas songs. Oh. I remember being a child and thinking, like, is that, is he, is this date rape? You were probably a little bit more woke than me around male, female, <laughs> and consent issues as a child. Like, I was very woke about, you know, Race, I feel like as a child, but when it comes to male female relationships and consent, I feel like I didn't like really truly wake up. Wait, it's like, like that song. Ago. It's like when Blurred Lines came out. Do you remember? I that? still like that song. I know, you, and you've uh, we we had. A there are so about. many people who are like, I was working in a bar at that time because this was like eight years ago or something, and I was working. not even that. Really, it was like Blurred Lines came out while I remember where I was working when that song came out, like 2013. I. I Okay, so that so that would have been when I was in grad school, so I was still working in a bar. Mm-hmm. I, rem- I remember working in the bar, and girls were dancing to it, being like, blurred lines. And I was like, y- you know what he's saying, right? Like, he's saying blurred lines. <laughs> like, I don't, they're not obfuscating anything here. Like, he's being very clear about what he's supporting. And people are like, oh, that's cute, Blurred Lines. And I was like, and then it came out and social media was like, this is a rape song. And I was like, it has been for years. Yeah, I feel like I wasn't as woke as you. No, I was just like, I know you want it. I know you need it. Yeah, like, I know me. you want it is essentially like the ultimate male cry yeah. for she wanted it. I like, know. come on. <laughs> like, I know. Oh, I'm not disagreeing with you. I think that's a really uh, interesting thing to think about is how some people do not, like in a catchy song or stuff like that, pick up on 
I mean, I'm trying to think of other songs that are like that, but like they don't get the lyrics. Uh, you or, know what's another one of my least favorite Christmas songs, even though there are a lot of great British artists in it. Um, do you do they know it's Christmas time? Does that have rape in it? No, it doesn't have rape, but it is a very what's the word I'm thinking of Eurocentric like view of the holidays like because there won't be snow in africa this oh, christmas wow. and it's like wow. but like do they know it's christmas time at all and you're like who sings that oh god let me look up who's in it it's like like i think it's like is it a backstreet bono and david bowie and like let me look up who's in it there is snow in africa people and also, like, not everywhere is there snow in Africa for Christmas, sure. Oh, God, boy, George. Like, but, like, it doesn't matter. It's still December. It's still Christmas. And Jesus probably wasn't even born in December anyway. So, like, why are we, like, uh, the, the, oh, no. wait, whoa. We're, we're throwing some something, some other alternate theories down. That's Get, not an alternate theory. Oh, I, I have not heard this. You I love it. And I love that. this shit. You know, like, I if love you this look shit. at if. If you look at technically the time of year that it was, it's likely that he was born. I believe, don't quote me here, people. Google it yourself to verify. He was actually born in, like, the summer, probably. But winter solstice, there were so many other celebrations happening around the 21st, the 25th, etc. that, like, that was what got settled on. See, I've never heard anything like that. I I follow the, like, every prophet in, or I don't follow this, but I've done a lot of reading and research on, like, every prophet in every major religion in history has been born on the darkest day of the year and risen again in some form on the lightest day, or, like, coming to to Mm -hmm. the next degree. I think they often had, like, 12 followers for some reason. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Watch um, the zeitgeist. Oh, my God. Are we turning into a... No, no, no. We're not going to go now. We're talking I about... I love it. We're talking about the holidays. Um, I will talk... It wasn't until... Zeitgeist 80, and conspiracy theories with you all day. It wasn't until AD 4040 that the church officially proclaimed December 25th as the birth of Christ. So that wasn't like a... But going back to the previous... Do they know it's Christmas time <laughs> at all? I'm not going to The Backstreet no. Boys are in the Illuminati, and that's what we're going to talk about next. I wasn't talking about the Backstreet Boys yet. Wait, did you say Backstreet Boys, or did I just want to hear you say that? What's their best Christmas song? Backstreet Boys? I know they have like 1,800. No, they only have two. They didn't do an album. Which is the better one? They have one that came out a few years ago. da, da. Da 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 It's Christmas time again. Yeah. And then they have another song that's like, Christmas time. They're not really going outside of the box on that one. They're like, hey guys, it's Christmas time. Okay. I'm still stuck on do they know it's Christmas time at all. And I just really want to just go over who's in this group. Because it's like... Yeah, Bono. Let me see who else on here. Boy George, George Michael. Wait, who was in whatever? I swear David Bowie was on this list. Maybe I made that up. David Bowie. Yeah, David. Oh, additional spoken messages on B side. David Bowie, Paul McCartney. No Bowie. Do they know it's Christmas time at all? Whoa, whoa, whoa. Jane Taylor. A lot of people. Sting. Oh, God. I feel like there are a lot of really bad Christmas songs. And I'm trying to think, did did 
the princess or the queen of pop put out a Christmas song? I do not recall. Britney Spears? Yeah. Yeah, she's like, she has this song like, Do they know it's Christmas? But she does have a Christmas song. She didn't do an album, but she has a song. Okay. I haven't listened to a lot of Christmas Does music, Madonna? Sound very... Oh, I think she does. Uh, Lady Gaga has a hilarious Christmas song about like, it's a very sexy Christmas song about light up my Christmas tree. And you're like, Lady Gaga. Yes, Madonna does. Madonna did a version of Santa Baby. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. That seems like a Madonna song. That's one of my favorite Christmas songs. And Santa Baby. I used That's to sing that when I was a singing server. That's like, I'm buying a Victoria's Secret Santa outfit, whatever their little skirts are. And- when I was a singing server on the boat, I used to, that was one of my holiday songs that I did like three years in a row. It was that. And Last Christmas, which I love that song. It's such a depressing Christmas song, but I love it. But Santa Baby is a great song to sing because if you're sick, you can still do it. Oh. Yeah. And so that was like one of my... And you're always sick in December. And so, yeah, all you have to do is come and see my Christmas tree with some decoration brought at Tiffany's. You don't have to sing. You can speak the whole song. And then, like, maybe you can be like, and people are like, oh, she can sing. So, what's yours? My least favorite or favorite? What's your least favorite first? Ugh, I don't, like, I don't know the names of songs. I mean, I think I just, like, you know, All I Want for Christmas. So, you're not MC. really quite sure what you don't like, but you know you like All I, all I Want for Christmas. Yeah, because that's like the quintessential, you know, Queen Mariah you know, I always feel like, though, like, I'm like, all I want for Christmas is you is my favorite Christmas song. But then the holidays come, and there's so many other songs that I'm like, oh, I don't yeah. ever remember any of them until they're played, and I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah I know this song. I'm, like, you know, hanging on my apartment, like, what are you doing, New Year's? This is a great song! Well, like, before we get to New Year's, oh, yeah. I want to share... A, a, a Christmas thing with you that I stumbled upon on Twitter the other day. Okay. So, back to the Hallmarky things. <sighs> so, um, the writer Keaton Patty, who writes for like McSweeney's and SNL and everything, tweeted out. They they tweet out a lot of things where they have a robot. You know, they they make a robot watch a thousand hours of whatever thing they're tweeting about is. And then they have the robot write the first page of a page of a script of it. So like maybe House Hunters or something. And so in this tweet, Keen Patty, I think they're a genius, tweeted out, I made a robot watch a thousand hours of Hallmark movies and then write their own. And this is the first page. And so I'm going to read you the first page of a Hallmark script okay. written by a robot okay. who's been forced to watch Hallmark movies. Okay. The title is called The Christmas on Christmas. Interior small town snow globe refillery. We see a single mother refilling snow globes with Christmas juice. She she is a widow. Her husband died in every war. Single mother. I refill globes better than Jesus Claus, yet still my twins are dad free. Why? They need double dad. Businessman enters the shop. He wears clothes that cost money. His hands are briefcases, and he's Hallmark hot. Single, <laughs> single mother continued. Hi, do your snow globes lack wet? Hurry, Christmas attack soon. 
Businessman has flashback to when he was business boy. A Christmas tree explodes his family on purpose. He now hates trees and Christmas and explosions. He exits the flashback. Businessman. Shut your sound. I am from huge city. I bought your land and am turning it into an oil resort. Single mother. Rude behavior. This is a family business. I sell families. I am widow. My husband is now bones. Single mother points to her husband's bones in the corner of the room. They are all gift-wrapped in eggnog. <laughs> Businessman. All my wives are bones. This is America, but I, make mo- I must make money for my twins to live. They are a prince. Single mother. I too own twins. Please, don't have bought my land. Christmas is today. Businessman. Laugh! I bought Christmas and now it is never, unless we go on dates. Single mother, I cannot date because of a snow curse. I pray Santa helps me. Santa cannot help. She did not know, but Santa was her husband. Santa is bones. Bones help nobody. Whoa. (laughs) Whoa. I think that's the funniest thing ever written. Did they say which Hallmark movie it was? No, this is just this writer who writes these things. And, or and does it even matter? It's like their stick. They say, like, they make a bot watch a thousand hours of something, and then they write the first page. And I think that's, like, the most hilarious thing I've seen on Twitter in a you long time. You need to get a bot. What did Rosetta, your dog, for those who did not listen to the first episode, can Rosetta write? If Rosetta wrote a script, I, w- I want to write it now. But <laughs> I think it would be like, it's Christmas. What is Christmas? My family is Hanukkah now. <laughs> God, God, dog brings squirrels, squirrel bones for Christmas. Yankee must die. Yankee, I love Yankee. Yankee must die. I am Rosetta. Rosetta <laughs> is the queen of squirrel bones. Dog God brings squirrel bones for Christmas. Christmas. Yeah. Hanukkah. <laughs> yeah, Something that, like that. That sounds accurate. <laughs> that, that, yeah, I would like Rosetta to write a book. Now I want to write a in the persona of Rosetta. Yeah, I, I, think, I feel like that's a Brian task. I want a whole novel. <laughs> <laughs> I want a whole Har- Hallmark movie actually done in this script that Kate and Patty did. Oh God, that's uh, so funny. Yeah, so I was savoring that until the end. So this, this has been part one of our holiday special. Holidays. Holiday. Do you want to end on anything before we cut out and then get to New Year's? Happy holidays, everybody. I hope you have a great time with the people that you love, whoever that may be. Yeah, with your chosen family, whoever that may be. Or the one that you were given, if that's who you hang out with, But that's your chosen family. If you choose your given family, they're your chosen family, Mm -hmm. too. Mm -hmm. So let's end. Baby, it's cold outside. (laughs) Yikes! (laughs) (laughs) Happy holidays. Happy holidays.